Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and I'm excited to be back with the latest episode of the show. Also excited to have a brand new first-time guest with us today. As our uh, viewers and listeners know, I love bringing on first-time guests to introduce them to our audience. Uh, so, Michal Medina, so excited to have you here today. And where Thanks we usually so start... Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I was just going to say where we usually start, which is a bit different than other shows, is we usually get the guests to tell us just a little bit about themselves before we dive in, uh, rather than me reading like a form bio where I mess up a couple of the words. Uh, I usually find <laughs> it's, it, it's better to get the, to, you know, get the, the word from the person that's involved. So, and again, it doesn't have to be very long, but can you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So um, like you said, my name is Michal J. Medina. I'm an intuitive, spiritual, and mindset coach. I'm originally from Texas. I moved to Israel four years ago, um, and I can go more into that as part of my story. Um, but specifically now I help aspiring heart-centered visionaries to claim their true calling without waiting to feel ready. And I do that by helping them to amplify their ability to intuitively attract opportunity so it's really exciting work. Um, I started my business October 2019. It's been an evolution, um, but it's been really amazing. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Well, I, it's interesting because I, when I, as I continue to evolve in terms of intuition and being intuitive, it's interesting to me how many more people that I sort of draw to the show that are intuitive because when we first started the show back over 12 years ago we definitely had mostly I'll call it for lack of a better term practical very practical leaders and influencers but not as many mm -hmm. intuitives and now it's changed dramatically but right. so I want so I want to dive into there a little bit because yeah. again, now that's been sort of my life a little bit more so so much so yeah. uh Michal that I uh this is my latest journal and if a person goes through that what you're going to find is a lot of synchronicities that I write mm -hmm. down now so whenever they happen I write them down and mm -hmm. you know that's something I couldn't have imagined doing even well I'd, I'll be honest, I say maybe even five, five years ago, I couldn't imagine doing yeah. that. And, and it, and even like whenever I get called to something like, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert uh, has a book called big magic and I'd never heard about it as of a month ago. And then in the last month I heard about it three times. So this is, <laughs> this is proof positive for those that can't see this, what I'm saying. Uh, it's me writing down the name. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, Michal, let me see if I can do this better. Uh, the other right. Can you see it there? <laughs> I took off my glasses. Let me put them back on. <laughs> my my okay, writing yes, doesn't I, help. Can you see I can it see. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the reason I bring that up is then look, just look what I happened to buy today. Oh. So because it came up three times, I bought it. But yeah. here's where it gets even trippier. <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I was going to go in and buy it today. So I'm like, yeah, sure I will. And then I go in to buy it. And um, the price, it was not that expensive of a book, but the original price was $23. But mm -hmm. apparently... Uh, they came up they did like a rewards thing where i got a certain amount of points from the like whatever the card program i'm in so my grand total for the buy this book today was a dollar and four cents so nice. i was told uh three times this month i should buy a book i never heard of and then when i go into buy it it's like they gave it's like they gave me the book and what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. is I would have thought either A, in the past, that was a coincidence, or I wouldn't have paid attention. I wouldn't have even heard the three times and went and bought the book. So yeah. I bring all that up to say that's how far I'm in now. 
And mm. what I want to ask down the, with me, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's I use that term a lot now, and I never used to, but I'm definitely down <laughs> the rabbit hole. And so let me ask you a question if we go down the rabbit hole for a minute. Why yeah. it's a two-part question. Why do you think um it's so hard for people to act on their intuition and see that it's even uh calling to them in the first place? And maybe I'll leave it there because that's a big question, and then I'll ask a follow-up. But why do you think it's so yeah. hard for people to listen to their intuition whenever it's calling out to them on a regular basis? Yes. Well, okay. First of all, because I used to be in that place too. Like for me, my intuition is so clear and I'm acting on it. Like, cause it's just, you know, why would I not? But I'm reflecting back to where I used to be. And first of all, it's like the intuition gets louder as you evolve and it becomes more clear. And the more you follow it, then it's like, you know, the, the stark contrast of not following it. So it's like, it just becomes your norm to follow it. Like it feels uncomfortable to, to deviate, you know, but back, you know, where I was before, it's like, it was this small voice. And then your mind is so much louder, you know, the inner chatter, the logic, and you're it's so deeply ingrained to just follow the logic and ignore the intuition. And then in hindsight, you're like, ah, oh, I got an intuition to do this. And like, now I see how it would have put out, but I ignored it. Like, why did I ignore it? Why do I keep ignoring it? And, but it's just so deeply ingrained to just like ignore it and follow the logic. And the intuition is just like a smaller little nudge, but the more you start to like bring conscious awareness to it, then the more you get used to it and then you amplify it. And as you evolve as a person, because you're shedding, you know, limiting beliefs and, and you're growing and expanding into, you know, who you're becoming, like, then it starts to amplify that intuition. But I think like to answer your question is it's, it's because like we're so used to just following logic and our mind is so much louder than the intuition because that's just where we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and that, excuse me, and that, that makes sense to me. And, and I kind of agree with that too, because following the logic side of things, I, this whole idea of, of me, I had, it had to ease its way in with me. And honestly, like three or four years ago, five years ago, I wasn't ready. So yeah. it was probably knocking loudly and I was just, ignoring it I didn't hear the knock and yeah so, so I love that because I think it's what was happening is I was basically ignoring that the things that were nudging me and I was just seeing them I, I feel like I was seeing them maybe as just random uh coincidences and now like there's so many and there's so often for mm -hmm. me to call it coincidence would be naive like, <laughs> I would be like yeah I would have to question my sanity because it's too often for what we define as coincidence oh wow that was a random occurrence these aren't random right. too often. Right. Like that book I told you about, I started that book two weeks ago when I went on a no uh, technology retreat and it's half full now, you know? So like, if you think about that, these are like things four and five happening a day. Like yeah. how can we go, ah, that's just random. Like it's too often. <laughs> right. But I, but so now it's funny because now that I'm listening, it's like the car you buy and you see everywhere. I see it everywhere now. And I find yeah. too, um, I've done some work with James Redfield who wrote The Celestine Prophecy, which of course that book is really the whole core, core of the book is synchronicity. And one thing he talks about often in the book is the more you pay attention to them and act on them, the more of them that you notice or the more that come to you. So now I'm writing them down. So of course I'm seeing them everywhere because I'm acknowledging them. But having said all that, mm -hmm. it is funny to me how, uh, like I said, whenever I was living in that fully only practical world, I didn't even see them happening. They were just like the car where I went, oh, it's just, I'm noticing them now more because I bought the car, period. Like, and there may be some truth to that, but 
that's a different thing that I'm noticing them now more because I'm acknowledging them. Because, yeah. you know, just seeing the car, of course there were that same car. Like if there was, if you see a hundred, um, whatever the car is that you bought, say a Toyota Matrix, if you see a hundred of them in the next week after you bought it, of course those cars were on the road. It's not like every one of those hundred right. people went and bought a four-year-old car in the last, <laughs> you know, the last day. So of course right. they were there and now you're more noticing of them. But it also makes the argument that if synchronicities are real, the more you acknowledge them, you are going to notice them more. Like once mm -hmm. you're in that world, you're going to see more of them because they were happening all the time and you just didn't notice. So I know that, like yeah. I said, that's really far down the rabbit hole, but I want to get your take on that. And it sounds like I'm kind of in agreement with that, that it's that we aren't ready for it. We're very practical. We're thinking practical. We're thinking there can't be something bigger out there. And so we don't see it. But once we do, everything changes. Yeah, I mean, we're we're attuning our perceptual awareness to that. And like, we're just seeing, you know, everything just connecting and we think of something and then we see it like an hour later, like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> so how does, now I, I'm going to ask you, I said, I want to ask a follow-up. I'm going to ask you two separate questions. Again, I'll, 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 I won't ask them both at once because they're big questions, but uh, one okay. question I want to ask you is uh, how, like for now being intuitive, you know, I shared with you that now I'm making these journals and I act on them, which is another important thing. Like I bought the book. I didn't just say, oh, that's interesting. You know, people say, well, oh, it's 11-11. Interesting. But what do you do with that? Right. So whenever there are ones Ooh. that is calling out yeah. to me, then I act on them. But my question is, how do you, for somebody else that's wanting to do that, how do you use your intuition or how do you help others tap into that? Like, how do you actually, what do you do with it? Like, do you actually look and say, why is this telling me this? Should I act on this? Like, how do you actually use it in an active way? Yeah. Do you mean like synchronicities or what my intuition is telling me or either both? or really like, yeah, both. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Intuition, first of all, is like the primary driving force of my life. Like I'm, I've spent enough time just doing what was logical and that really didn't get me anywhere close to what I was wanting to create in my life. <laughs> um, so now like, you know, when it comes to any decision, um, I just, I notice how I feel about it. Like, does it feel expansive? Does it light me up or does it feel like constrictive? Like, because my old behavior was obligation everything was done out of like what I think I should be doing even when it comes to like going on a walk I'm like okay now I'm gonna go on a walk because I should be doing it and because it's healthy and I was just doing everything out of should 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 and so I really like switch gears into like what feels expansive what lights me up and all of that is intuition right because I'm I'm out of the logical like should or force myself to do things like it's like, let me go the route of, you know, in some spiritual sources, they call it like the path of least resistance or to follow your highest excitement. And the way I see it is just like, what do I feel like doing in the moment? But more so like beyond just like, you know, what do I feel like doing? Like, but it's like what it feels expansive. And that's where the intuition comes in, right? Because it's like, okay, what I feel like doing watching Netflix all day, like, okay, maybe, but also it's like, are you avoiding something? Like it's, it's more, it's a layer deeper. It's like what feels expansive. That's what your intuition is telling you. And sometimes it can be like not very clear. So there are ways to tune in deeper. Like I make like a conscious connection to my higher self and I can like 
notice the difference of what a yes feels like and what a no feels like you know one feels more expansive one feels more contracting and i can just ask like is this in alignment with my highest and best good to do this yes or to do this other thing you know no or there's like meditative techniques like you can imagine like your two options you can imagine um like a path going down and then that's like the the end result of choosing this one option and the end result of choosing the other and you send light down the path you can notice the clear difference like one feels like more open and like you feel yourself like expanding and it feels lighter and it feels more joyful and then the other one just feels like a wall or just feels like harsh and so it's like yeah um pretty much like with any decision that I make, I use my intuition because I, I really want to do what's most aligned with me. I'm, I really don't want to do things out of like obligation or should, or like the, the logical, like, you know, this is what, what makes logical sense. But sometimes like the path of like things just flowing and things happening for you and the synchronicities and everything just aligning for you is when you make those choices based on what feels more expansive. So that's what I try to apply in my daily life. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I love that. And, you know, when, when you talk about that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, you know, well, there's a couple of things. I wanted to ask you uh, something about um, one of your brands, but I, I wanted to, you know, add something you said there, which I think is important as well, Yeah. is the, the, cause this is something that I get both sides of this. But for example, I'll use the example, um, let's say watching Netflix, I'll use that example. So I'm on two trains of thoughts on this now, because when I was earlier in my business career, I was all about like, I didn't have cable for years. And I was all about like, what a waste of time and and (laughs) think all you could do with that time. Now, having said that, I've interestingly, I've I've lightened up there. So I've changed my tune a little bit. So I've changed my tune to this and I don't know your thoughts on this, but I've changed my tune to why are you watching the TV? So first of all, the why. So for example, if I'm watching the TV because I'm all maxed out all the time and it's my chance to slow down, then that's a different thing than I'm watching the TV to escape doing anything with my life. And so meaning like if I'm numbing myself with the TV and I'm actually beating myself up saying, why am I not doing more with my life? That's a different thing, I think, than somebody who's fully dialed into their purpose, serving it every day and says, I'm going to watch an hour of TV because I need that. I need to just kind of put my, settle my brain down and the TV does that for me. So it's funny because I used to think, what a waste of time. And now I think (laughs) it depends. It depends on what you're, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I've come around on that. And, you know, it's the same, I have a, um, every now and then it's not very often. And I go through spurts where I don't do this for years. And then all of a sudden I'll buy like a new video game, like a PlayStation. And the only game I play on, this is a thing I don't care often. I don't know if I've ever shared it live, but, uh, I play wrestling games, like the wrestling video games. That's the only game I like where you wrestle against another opponent. And mm-hmm. I'll do that. Uh, we have a TV in the office and that I'll do that. If I have nothing booked and everything else, I'll do that for a half hour as my, way of like somebody else's ice cream I'm just sitting and relaxing and chilling and I taught my I have a business coach and he plays I forget what's called AF something worldwide or something and he plays some video game for a half hour a day and we're both people that are going non-stop and we're producing I think I feel at a high level so to us it's a different reason we're doing it than just I want to escape everything in my life right 
So yeah. that was a long tangent to ask you your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. about, you know, the idea of spending time doing some of those pursuits that we automatically assume are very um, destructive or wasteful. Yeah. And I think like, I totally agree with you. It all comes down to intention, right? Cause like sometimes, sometimes I'll catch myself, like, like first I'll make a decision to like, I don't know, scroll through videos on TikTok, right? Because I just feel like, you know, just, it feels like my highest excitement in that moment. But then it's like, it, it starts to get to a point where it's like drawing me in and it's no longer my highest excitement, but like, it's like, you want to just know what the next video is. And it just keeps drawing you in. And then I realize that like, I'm no longer in this expansive feeling. I'm in this like avoidance or, or just being drawn in. And so it's all about awareness, right? So like, for me, like, I, I totally resonate with what you said, because um, I, when I was, you know, first starting my business and nothing was really working, but I was working really, really hard. And I was in that state of obligation and should, and I wouldn't let myself watch anything unless it was like already dark. Like it felt like to me, like if I watch something during the day, I'm just being lazy and like, you know, and so I would just like, would not like, it was just like, it was just no way I would. And so if I watched anything, it was like a movie occasionally in the evenings. But I remember like, I would spend like most of the day, like working really hard and most of the time, just not even watching anything like an occasional movie um, here and there, but definitely not every day. And I definitely shifted my mindset around that too. Like at first when I realized that I was operating my life from this like should and work hard and obligation and like every decision I was making was based on that. I'm like, okay, like I really need to break out of this somehow. And so then I went to like the opposite extreme and just let myself at first it was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But at first I just let myself watch Netflix during the day. And I was like, okay, this is fine, right? Like I'm not being, you know, a horrible person or lazy or something and I just like let myself do it but then like over time as like you know as my intuition it, it increased in my or, or my awareness of my intuition expanded like now it's like I'm aware of like you know like this is my highest excitement to like sit down and watch an episode of this or to watch a movie in the middle of the day like sometimes that's just where my energy level is at and that's where my mood is at and I want to do what's in alignment with my highest and best good so that's what it is. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, cause I noticed like, if, if there's a part of me, that's like, um, I really feel like just sitting down and watching something, but I try to fight it and I try to make myself productive. I'm like, it's like, it's like trying to like climb up a hill. It's like, you know, I'm like trying to be productive, but it's not really in my highest flow and nothing's really working out. And I feel kind of tired doing it. And like the moment that I just let myself do what I feel like doing, which is actually just watch something, then like maybe even like 20, 30 minutes, um, you know, an hour or less or something later, then I just feel all pumped up and energized to like be productive. But it's like, I couldn't have felt that way if I would have just been like, no, I need to be productive. It's like, okay, let me just let myself watch something. And then the flow just takes me back to where it takes me. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I love that. And like I said, I, uh, I feel the exact same way. I've come a long way in that area. I've kind of done a full <laughs> circle because I was a guy who loved watching TV for years, then I got rid of cable and then I went down and different path. And, but the thing about it too, is I don't, I don't feel either I have to or don't have to, which is the other side. It's a choice. Like for example, uh, while I, this last recent trip I did, ultimately 
I read uh, seven print books and listened to three audiobooks in in little over two weeks. So of course I wasn't watching TV or anything. Then I get back home and it's been probably a week. I've been back home. I haven't watched TV at all. But then I might go like it's like I say through a spurt where it could be all week. I'll watch an hour or two a night. And now it's changed even further because we have a one and a half and a four and a half year old, and now I have to fight for the TV. Like I have, <laughs> we have. Um, I don't have a TV. We don't have a TV in our room, but we have one in their room, the kids' room, uh, and then we have one in the living room. Well, anyway, the biggest one's in the living room, and everybody fights for that TV. So I just gave up on it long ago. So <laughs> my point is, is that now I have to sneak in. Like the, I can, the only way I can watch something is I'm either watching it on the smaller TV or I might watch it on an iPad. So again, there's other reasons why I'm not at the TV. But having said that, I've come a long way because like I said, I've done the full circle. So yeah. I said I had another question I want to ask you. I want to ask you about uh, one of your pages, which is the re Resolving Triggers uh, page. Yeah, so, my Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what's, yes. what's it all about? Why did you set that up? What, what do people get from it that are members of that group? Yeah. Okay. So resolving triggers actually came as an inspiration when I first, when I reached the first breakthrough in my business, like we've been talking about how I was like work hard and obligation and should, and like nothing was working in my business. So I, you know, I went through the whole hiring business coaches after business coaches and like nothing was working, but the point where things started working was when I stopped trying to like do, do, do and figure things out. And I took a step back and resolved what was blocking me from having clarity and success in my business. So like fears, insecurities, self-doubt, all of that. I like took a six week, you know, with a coach who helped me and like resolved all of, all of the, the things that I was dealing with internally. And then like the clarity just started pouring in, like, you know, how we talk about how like the intuition is like, it's just so much easier to act on your intuition now. Like that happened when I made that inner shift. And the first, the first clear intuition and inspiration was like me realizing where there were certain holes in the personal growth um, world and like what people were teaching. Like there's a lot of um, think positive and coping mechanisms, but there's not a lot of let me actually look at what's going on within me and shift it and resolve it. And then on the flip side, there is a lot of like deeper um, you know, digging down to like the core trauma or inner child healing. But then there's also the, what I see, like the hole in it is like the mindset that comes along with that as like, I see my parts of me as like a problem that needs to be fixed. Or I'm like, I'm trying to solve something. And then our mindset is focused on what we don't want. So we keep recreating scenarios of trying to heal more and solve more problems. We don't actually reach that expansive state of creating what we do want because we're so focused on what we don't want. And so I was like, okay, I was like, I don't see anyone teaching these things in the personal development world. And what I, I kind of developed a method for myself in those six weeks, like how I was able to shift and resolve, like um, to like a total breakthrough of different fears and insecurities and things. So I developed like a 12 stage system. I call it the 12 stages of resolving triggers. Um, and it really takes you to the full, like, from the mindset pieces, from how you're viewing yourself and what you're going through to, to shifting to a, a state of total acceptance, um, to being able to um, open up and expand the feelings, but also not get stuck in like 
you know, in resisting, but also like being able to shift into like a new perspective and being able to be in the same situations that used to trigger you and then feeling neutral and then continuing the momentum forward, not going back to finding more things to fix, but like continuing into the expansion, noticing the shift. So all of that, I like developed a a framework for it. And that's, that's part of like the inspirations that were coming in. So one inspiration was to create this Facebook group, Resolving Triggers for Highly Conscious People. Another inspiration was to create my program, Power and Liberation Through Triggers, where I was teaching this to people. Um, so yeah, that's really where it started. It started at the start of 2021. That's where all these intuitions and inspirations came in. And that's when I started to grow that group. Um, so now it's at 4.3 thousand people. Um, so yeah, it's grown quite a bit since then. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a community for all of us to connect. Um, you know, I try to make posts where people can answer, you know, their, their opinions and experiences and people can connect with other people in the group there and I'll do trainings and live videos and yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. I, uh, excuse me. I love that. I, uh, that's why I want to ask you about it because I love the idea of, well, first and foremost, a big thing you said there is seeing people covering stuff, but not covering things that you think they should have covered or wish they would have covered. And I can totally resonate with that because I start, I just did a talk in fact called, um, living the unfiltered life. So this is my last blue talk I did. Uh, and basically the gist of it, what it's about is you go on Facebook And you'll see an ad from somebody that says, uh, whatever the words are, but uh, would you love to have a seven-figure income? Let me show you how. And Mm -hmm. I end up, it's interesting. I've worked with clients who've told me their revenue and it's not anywhere near seven figures. And they've run ads saying, let me help you get to seven figures. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I I get really bothered by that. Yeah. And so to your point, uh, Michal, you know, the idea of what you're talking about, about, you know, getting tired of seeing maybe somebody that's not really delivering what they're promising and yeah. creating something different to serve that. I, I totally resonate with that because I, I've struggled for a while because I, I look at both sides. I get the fake it till you make it. So I get that. But at the same time, I think it's as weird as it sounds. I think you have to be authentic with which yes. part you're faking. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, when we say fake it till you make it. Well, maybe uh, you don't open up and say, uh, hey, I'm not at seven figures yet, but maybe you say, um, I grow my business by whatever percentage, let's say you truly have. So maybe you started at zero and, and maybe you've grown your business by truly 200% in the last mm-hmm. year. Well, maybe you, you use those terminologies. Like maybe you say, let me show you how to grow your business by more than 100%. Rather mm-hmm. than let me show you how to grow your business to seven figures, even though I haven't. And by the way, I'll take a picture in front of a house I don't own to tell you that <laughs> I can help you make money that I haven't made. And so I guess it really resonates with me. And I think we need to, at some point, either A, uh, stop doing that, or B, if people aren't going to stop doing that, we need to stop listening as a yeah. society. And it's not going to be everybody. People are still going to always listen. But I think we have to start helping people and people have to start ignoring it and not not because when you every time you comment on that saying I'd love to get there then Facebook serves you up more of those ads mm. so it's like oh you want this let's give you more and I think it's like everything you see so many people fight against what they dislike and the actual most cases these days when it comes to algorithms the better move is just not to comment at all <laughs> yeah 
So right. I, I just want to add that because it resonates with me what you said about the idea of you didn't feel what what you wanted to teach was out there and yeah, we exactly. the same way so yeah. um so i love that so let you know as we yeah. wind down here i always like to ask three final quick questions of every guest and then i'll tell you that uh one of them is usually how we can learn more you know maybe the most important of those three questions but it's the easiest one uh but <laughs> the other uh questions uh and i always pick them randomly so it's it, i didn't have this plan but one question i'll ask you is how do you define success and what does it mean to you you know, talking about synchronicity, this this topic has come up three times today already. First of all, I wrote an article in Brains Magazine that came that was published today, and it's exactly what you asked. <laughs> wow. The second of all, I see an email in my inbox, and it's all about you know success, and it's just the synchronicity. Anyway, <laughs> how I define it um, is. Okay, so obviously like not the traditional forms of success because like if you follow like the traditional forms of success but you still don't feel happy and fulfilled with where you are in your life, like what's the point? So for me, the true definition of success is living the life that you want to live, like, like loving your life and creating the things in your life that you want to create. Um, and for, for me personally, that's following my passion, right? Like, you know, being able to to serve and support people in a way that lights me up and being able to share my ideas and help people transform and help people create what they want in their lives. Like that's me following my passion. And, you know, no matter like what the um, traditional like societal standard of success looks like, like I feel successful because I love my life. So I think that's true success. I love that. Well, uh, let me ask yeah. you as well. I might end up asking you uh, an extra question this time, but let me ask you the second one I want to ask you is about passion. So I'll give you some context. We, our show used to be called Conversations with Passion. And the reason we changed it is because so many guests were coming on and they were tired of hearing people say, find and follow your passion or people <laughs> feeling like they maybe were a failure if they hadn't found their passion. And so the reason I'm asking this this way is I wanted to get your take on this around this idea of passion. And what I wanna yeah. ask you is, do you think it's important for a person to find their passion? Uh, and I'll say, if so, why? And if not, why? <laughs> so either way, why? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so do I think it's important? Um... I mean, what I, I would like, like to answer that question, like speaking specifically to the people who like, you know, were responding the way they were responding, like feeling bad about not finding their passion and all that. So the, like, okay. So from the beginning of our conversation, what I told you is I work with aspiring heart center visionaries to claim their true calling. So that's really the result of, you know, before I was teaching power and liberation to triggers my unique methodology. And I was finding that a lot of people were coming into the program, like, feeling like they they eventually wanted to serve other people and help them but they they felt like they had all this work to do on themselves first and they're like you know who am I to help others like I need to help myself first and all that and by the end of the program they would find themselves in this like expansive like adventure of everything just clicking into place and they're just stepping into their true passion and their true calling and even though they had no idea before like what they would do or how it would happen like it just started happening for them so I would say um, you know to people who feel disconnected from their passion or they feel bad that they don't know what their passion is like it's 
I know that there's a lot out there that's like, ask yourself, oh, like, you know, the questions, like, ask yourself, like, you know, what can you do The time flies? And yeah, you can ask yourself all these questions, but ultimately, like, what, what it takes to get to the place where you're like deeply connected with what really lights you up and you know what it is and you know how to move forward with it and you know what to do and it's all like happening for you is like you have to become that version of yourself it's a per it's a process of like personal growth and personal evolution like you you won't get there by you know by just holding yourself back and like you know waiting till someday or working it, it comes with like first of all setting the intention even if you don't know how it's going to work out but setting the intention that you're going to step into your passion, whatever it is, even if you don't know what it is, like you're going to live that life. So it all starts in the mindset. It all starts with intention. And once you set that intention, then you're giving yourself permission and you're, you're setting in motion for, like we talked about synchronicities, for things to start to happen, to take you in that direction, right? And as those things start to happen, you know, the, the things that need to shift within you emotionally in your inner world, they will start to come to surface. And that's what triggers are right? Triggers aren't a setback or something bad that happened or something inconvenient or uncomfortable. Like triggers are being manifested into your experience to bring to your awareness something that's ready to be shifted, something that's ready to be looked at. That's why like the coping mechanisms and trying to think positively, like you're just kind of putting a bandaid on it, but you're not allowing the true shift that's trying to take place there. So when you really uh, like allow that true shift to take place, then you become, you know, you go from this person who's triggered by this to like this person who feels neutral in that situation but also who has a new perspective and who is even more open to clear inspiration and intuition and eventually it just becomes so clear what you're here to do and how to do it so <laughs> yeah that's what I would say <laughs> no I, I love it a very cool distinction on it and yeah. and I love that you dived deep into it because again I think there's more to it than just it's good or bad and so I just want to get your take on that. And I also think it comes down to the individual of how they define finding your passion as well or uncovering it. And, you know, Napoleon Hill back in the 1930s called it enthusiasm or desire. And, you know, and if you talk those words, then the same people that don't like the word passion might love those words. But it could, you could mm. argue through the same thing. So, so I love that distinction. So the last yes. official question is the time machine question. And so mm -hmm. this is the only question that I try to ask every guest that I bring on or interview in any capacity. And it's pretty easy as far as laying out what the question is, but essentially it's just <laughs> as simple as this. If you were to jump into a time machine, go back and talk to a younger version of yourself and could give her one or two piece of life advice based on what you've learned in the year since, what do you think yeah. you might tell her? Okay. I would definitely tell her that, you know, like the, the things that people do and the things that people say in your life, it has more to do with them and how they think and feel about themselves. And it really has nothing to do with you and who you are as a person. And, and yeah, and you're here to do big things, you know, just know that you're amazing and you're loved and you are worthy and, and you're amazing. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> I love it. And so uh, last, very last question, of course, as I mentioned, is how can we learn more? So is there a website? Is it the Facebook group? Where would you send people if they want to learn more or connect with you further? Yeah, well, my website is michaljmedina.com. So that's M-I-C-H-A-L-L-J-M-E-D-I-N-A.com. And then my socials are all like facebook.com forward slash michaljmedina, Instagram the same. And as we talked about, I have my Facebook group, um, and that's Facebook, 
com forward slash groups forward slash resolving triggers. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Well, Mihal. Jay Medina, this has been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be. Uh, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued. And because yeah. I feel we barely scratched the surface. I even <laughs> I have a, another call coming up in four minutes. And I even I'm saying this on the air. I even uh, asked for an extra 15 from when I was supposed to start. Because uh, I felt we we couldn't cut it off as you know short as I would have had to. And but again, I still feel we barely scratched the surface. So with your permission, yeah. let's call it a to be continued to bring you on in the future as well. Oh my goodness, yes, of course. Uh, this has been amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's been absolutely my pleasure. So thank you so much, Mihal. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Corey Poirier. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.